The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. It is Tuesday, November 21st. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweeney, um, it's a rough loss on Monday Night Football as the Kansas City Chiefs fall 21-17 to to the Philadelphia Eagles. It was a dominant defensive performance, virtually the entire contest for the Kansas City Chiefs. But at the end of the day, the offense falls short yet again. They do not put up any points in the second half and just... Some brutal, brutal plays down the stretch from the Chiefs pass catchers that cost them a win over, uh, in my opinion, the best team in the National Football League. Yeah, very disappointing game. And you could sense that disappointment uh, in the locker room after the game. You could, I think, sort of feel that this team realizes they let one slip away. I, I think if a number of different things go a different way. Uh, the Chiefs end up winning this football game. The one glaring play that sticks out is the Marquez Valdez scaling. Like despite all the penalties, despite the two red zone turnovers, um, everything that went on during the evening, you still had a chance right there to win the game anyway. And then this whole conversation this week will be different. Um, wasn't it be? Chiefs end up losing and you got to hope that it's a wake up call for this offense that, has not scored a single point in the second half in three straight games. And everybody's going to be talking about the Marquez Valdez Scantling drop. And don't get me wrong. It was a brutal drop. He also had another play earlier in the game where it seemed like he was open and possibly could have gotten another touchdown. If he doesn't just inexplicably turn himself around and trip himself up and he falls down on the play and doesn't wind up making the catch. But 
it, it's a weekly occurrence and we've got we've got over a, an entire season uh body of work on mvs and i was really hoping coming out of the bye week we were going to see them kind of deploy these wide receivers in a different way and i know rasheed rice did actually play a lot of snaps on monday night and he was out there he wasn't heavily involved in the offense but justin watson had 11 targets mbs some some just critical critical mistakes in crucial moments of the game and it just seems like it, it's not even just the young guys in a sky more that you can't count on or, or Kadarius tony or rishi rice it's the veteran guys that are supposed to be the safer options in your offense that aren't making plays that have become totally unreliable for the kansas city chiefs and this one hurts because they let this thing slip away against an incredible Eagles team, a team that they beat last year in the Super Bowl, a team that came into this game eight and one. And on the back of an incredible defensive performance where the defense continues to announce itself as one of the most elite units in the NFL, the pass catchers just simply let Patrick Mahomes down on Monday night. Yeah, and Mark Quinn's Valdez Gantling is a, somebody that you paid to be reliable, right? He's not like the younger guys. Um, that are learning on the fly here. This is your established veteran. And the one reason he's on the team is for moments like that, to stretch the field for deep shots. I mean, he hasn't been like a week, a weekly reliable receiver for you. So when he makes a mistake and the one thing that you sort of hope that you can count on, count on him for, you know, that one big spot you get every few games and for him to drop that pass, uh, I thought it was incredibly frustrating. I also think... Heading into the game, uh, there was a emphasis by Andy Reid to change him out of it. I noticed at the beginning of the game, he wasn't on the field as much as you would regular, regularly see him. Uh, it seemed like the Chiefs were leaning into Rashi Rice, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Justin Watson from a, a snap count percentage. Uh, and you saw a little bit of the flash uh, that we've seen in previous years from Kadarius Tony. Uh, to me, it changes the game if he's truly healthy, and it seems like he's getting there. Yeah, I enjoyed that part of the offense, uh, especially in the first half. And then McCole Hardman actually left this game uh, with the thumb injury and Kadarius Tony takes over returning punts. And I thought he looks dynamic. He looks amazing on some of those punt returns. And when he was getting the ball uh, early in the first half, when the offense was moving, Andy Reid was getting him the ball in different ways. There was design runs for Kadarius Tony straight from the backfield and going in motion and doing all that stuff. Like, I loved all that stuff that we were seeing in the first half to get the ground game going and make things a little bit easier in the passing game. But then in the second half, when he really needed it, uh, it, it just did not work and they could not get anything going. I, I still think that Tony, if they can keep him healthy, has still shown enough promise that you definitely want to see him get more involved in the offense or she rice still needs to get more involved in the offense. And, and really too, uh, a lot's going to be made of MBS and, and that drop, of course. But Travis Kelsey had some brutal moments in this game. He had a red zone fumble uh, that cost the Chiefs a lead as the, as the Eagles eventually go on to take the lead in the fourth quarter a after Kelsey fumbles that football. And then he also had a third down drop, and now the Chiefs go for it on fourth down. Mahomes gets it to him on the fourth down. They convert everything. But it, it was just kind of, of a weird game from Travis Kelsey where – there's a couple of different times where he was limping around looking like maybe he's banged up and not a hundred percent. And it just all around in the second half, the chiefs offense just did not perform. And it's just such a rough way to lose that game after the, the way they played in the first half. It felt like they were totally in control of this thing. Well, you saw how frustrated Travis Kelsey 
uh, was just with how everything had had gone. Uh, we tried to talk to him in the locker room after the game. I think he spoke to the media for like a minute, very short, um, short in his answers as far as the game, just saying that he needs to be better, he can't fumble, uh, things like that. You can see, I, and and I, I feel this, and, and it's just my analysis, I'm not like speaking for Travis Kelsey, you can see that he understands a lot of the off-the-field attention he's getting. And I, I think he's happy about that. But it makes these moments where he doesn't have a good game, which is rare for him. It, it I think, highlights um, you know some of that off-the-field stuff. Like you're already seeing, I think, some fans tweet, you know, maybe he's going to Argentina or, you know, or whatnot. And I think he's putting a lot of pressure on himself because of all that off-the-field stuff that's happening where he has become – uh, quite a worldwide celebrity and has a lot of this worldwide attention. He wants to make sure that he's playing as best as he possibly can for his teammates. And it was a bad game. There's no other way to say it for Travis. And I actually just get the sense that that also plays into added frustration because I think he knows that there's a little bit of a distraction to this. And because of that, he's going the extra mile, getting there early, you know, trying to be the player that we're used to seeing, um, you know, from previous years and, and be that guy for his teammates. And when it doesn't happen, you can just tell that uh, there's almost a boosted disappointment in him. And so I, I look for a bounce back. You can see that maybe even more so than previous years, teams are, are essentially saying to the Chiefs, beat us with somebody else. Because uh, it was it was tough for him to get anything going in this game. We've seen that now a few times this year. And that streak that we talk about all the time, about a thousand yards for um, you know him in, in the NFL season, if he doesn't get going here, it might get a little interesting when it comes to that stuff. So uh, Travis Kelsey has been a big storyline for a lot of reasons uh, for the Chiefs this year. And uh, I think this was a, a performance that he wishes he had back. And you know, he always plays these division games well. So I would look for a, a bounce back against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Travis Kelsey is the only thing about this offense that we shouldn't really be worried about right now. Um well, I want to see them lean into the run game more. I, I want to see more of those creative looks that we saw in the first half from Andy Reid. And I, I think that they will hopefully try to get this thing worked out. At the end of the day, though, you still need guys to make plays and you still need those guys to catch the football. Um, so you can only go as far as those guys are going to get you. But all, all we can hope for at this point in the season is that they find a way to try to make this thing uh, a little bit more functional, a little bit more sustainable moving forward. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't want to talk about the offense anymore. We'll talk about the offense plenty more on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network later this week. But I, I want to talk about this defense because, man, A.J. Brown came into this game just absolutely lighting up everybody in the NFL. There was no secondary, no corner in the league that could shut him down. And, and there's no there's no defense in the NFL that had f- truly, truly found success in shutting down A.J. Brown this season. He has one reception for eight yards on Monday night football with Legereus Sneed trailing him a lot of the night and then a combination of everybody else in that secondary. And Trent McDuffie really introduced himself, I, I think, in a way that uh, most people outside of Kansas City probably aren't totally aware of how incredible he's been this season and what an elite playmaker he has been. But he was spectacular on, on Monday night. The defense in general was spectacular. Chris Jones was an absolute game wrecker in the first half. Um, and Steve Spagnuolo, I think, had one of his best game plans of the entire year. Like the Chiefs defense was absolutely dominant in the first half. And in the second half, I still think they did enough to win this football game. 
the Eagles are just so supremely talented across the board that if you can't get anything going on the offensive side of the ball, eventually they're going to test your defense enough and you're going to fold. And that's what happened to the Chiefs in the second half because the offense just couldn't get anything going to try to re- give them a little bit of relief. Yeah, it's got to be tiring. It's got to wear you down when you know you, you keep putting up these zeros on these drives against Philadelphia Eagles or the number five scoring offense in the NFL. And we know what they can do with A.J. Brown and Rodney Smith and Jalen Hurts. And, and I, you know, I said it before the game, I, I thought that we were in for a big game from DeAndre Swift, and we, we got that. He was pretty good on the ground. And so disappointing in the sense that, you know, if, like we always play these hypothetical games, if you could sign up before the game for A.J. Brown to have eight yards or whatever it was and the Eagles to only manage 21 points, I think you sign up for that every time. I think that's a great performance by the Chiefs defense, um, you know, especially when you consider how it happened with the late score and, and everything. And it was wasted. You know, great performance by Chris Jones. You mentioned Legereus Sneed. It might have been McDuffie's best game of his career uh, with the two sacks and the pass defense. I, I asked him after the game about, um, you know, that sack. And, and they, these guys just love playing for sacks. He puts them in a lot, of, a lot of fun positions. You know, the fact that a defensive back can have two sacks in a single game uh, is just not common in the NFL. It's because he puts together these good game plans. Uh, and, it's, and it's becoming common to see receivers of the Tyreek Hill caliber, of the A.J. Brown caliber, um, not have production against the Chiefs defense, which is one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense. And should the offense figure it out, I think you're you're still feeling pretty good about this team's chances for winning a championship. But we are now, uh, what, 10 games into this thing. There are seven to go. Uh, so the Chiefs just have to, to build toward that. But, yeah. Just a, another outstanding performance by the defense. And I, I am curious with just how defenses uh, are, are becoming more and more important uh, in the NFL. Does Steve Spagnuolo start to get some of those calls, those considerations for being a head coach again? I, I just think he deserves it. Uh, and so we'll see how that plays out as well. Yeah, um, I, I thought after what Spags did last season with all of the Chiefs rookie players on that side of the ball that he would get some looks, and he got no looks. So right. we'll we'll see there. Uh, there, I think he deserves it. Um, he's been absolutely tremendous the last two seasons as the Chiefs' defensive play caller, and you know their, their defense. If you had any questions about the Chiefs' defense, you should have no questions about them now. Like. They are absolutely, without a doubt, in my mind, a Super Bowl caliber defense. Now it's on the offense and and trying to figure out how we can just make this thing work well enough because that defense can absolutely go win us playoff games if we can just give them a little bit of support. And tonight they just gave the defense absolutely no support in the second half, and that's what leads inevitably to a loss. But just brutal on, on the back of another brilliant defensive game from the Kansas City Chiefs. but. You know, it's it's tough to win these kinds of games in the NFL and the Eagles are one of those teams like the Chiefs have been in the past where even when they show up and they play bad and and you slow them down, they can always win late in the game because they have so many playmakers across the board. And tonight the Chiefs mistakes caught up to them and they fall to the Philadelphia Eagles, unfortunately. I wouldn't be stunned if we see these two teams again. I mean, that's that's just how I feel. I, I think the AFC, as far as the top of it, uh, it's crowded right now with with records, but um, just in the way this is kind of played out, I still see the Chiefs as the favorite to come out of the AFC. 
I do believe that they'll get this offense figured out. Uh, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, at some point the offense will meet the defense in the, in the middle and they'll clearly be a team that is going to be dangerous in the playoffs and, and certainly one that'll be the AFC favorite. And so why not the, the Eagles? The Eagles are just relentless. Uh, you saw it today when they need a big play, they make it. Um, they're determined very clearly to get back after losing the Super Bowl last year. Uh, and so, like I said, um, this one stings because you, you could have had it for a lot of reasons, but uh, I think you, you might get a rematch of this game uh, yeah. come February and, and what would be you know the first Super Bowl rematch since I believe the, the 90s uh, with the Cowboys and the Bills playing back-to-back seasons. And and credit to the Eagles in the second half, I thought that the way that they adjusted to Spags bringing all that pressure and blitzing and getting after Jalen Hurts, they had five sacks on Hurts in the first half. And you're talking about one of the absolute best offensive lines in all of the NFL. Um, but in the second half, it was just, OK, you're going to bring all that heat. We're just going to run the ball with Jalen Hurts immediately. We're not even going to give you a chance to get pressure. And they did that multiple times in the second half. There was quick handoffs, getting ball out quick to DeAndre Swift. And so credit to the Eagles for their adjustments. But the Chiefs still put on uh, a defensive masterclass uh, throughout most of this game and absolutely deserved to get a win. Uh, just didn't work out for them on Monday night football. But when you look at the schedule, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. The Chiefs run the table here until easily finishes the number one seed in the AFC. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll lick our wounds here and we'll get over it. We'll move on. We'll start talking about the Raiders here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network here pretty quick. Um, you can follow Pete on Twitter at PG Sweeney. I'm Steven Sarr. That's where you can find me as always. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Stay locked into arrowheadpride.com all the rest of the week. We'll have everything you need to know. We'll also have another Arrowhead Pride report on Wednesday, and then we're going to put the reports on the shelf. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Try to get some family time in, but we'll still have plenty of content for you guys right here, so make sure you're locked in. We'll talk to you then.